We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the morning grind here at rotogrinders.com. Dean, that's Dean 704 filling in for Stevie. Stevie will be back soon enough. I'll be here Monday through Friday during these times of not a lot of sports. And uh, for the most part, I'm going to do a lot of interview stuff, interview style, and just talk to people as far as their DFS life, DFS perspective, and things like that. But uh, I actually tune in tomorrow, Tuesday. We're going to be talking to Head Chopper. That'll be good times for sure. And we should mention not only just streaming on the podcast, we're also available on youtube.com so you can see our beautiful radio faces uh speaking of legends you mentioned chopper today we're bringing your legend as well it's notorious he's gonna be talking to some golf with us uh what's going on Odo? we're uh you know uh, how's quarantine life been treating you yeah no, everyone likes to complain about quarantine life i like to see some silver linings uh you know we get to stay at home watch a lot of tv get a lot of uh time with my little one that uh, I probably wouldn't have had otherwise you know he's got school usually I got work full time so uh, it's been a lot of fun um yeah just getting to do he's got these little challenges that he sets up for me every single day um he's a very creative little kid so we've been having a lot of fun uh, he actually goes back to school today um so I'm a little bit sad about that but um yeah I kind of like quarantine life misses uh obviously sees it a little differently she's more of a people person wants to be out there wants to go to the the restaurant and and bar and uh have some fun but uh yeah for the most part uh we've been pretty good in quarantine how about you uh, it's going all right yeah i saw my first real life person the other day and like at, so uh i'm by myself you know i don't have a family and things of that sort but uh yeah my brother happened to be driving through and he stayed here for like a day a day and a half or something like something like that but before that I had not seen a real life person like, you know, up close. I, I'm aware they still exist. I've talked to people on Skype and, you know, things like that. Um, and I see them off the balcony, but uh, actually like within like 10 feet, uh, it took about 60 days or so. But uh, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm you know, doing all right. I, it could be much worse. And people are in much worse situations than I am. So I'm perfectly fine with it, I suppose. And hopefully, uh, you know, getting a little bit antsy for sure. But uh, hopefully this will pass soon enough. Have You're you right. Got any- have you gotten any good food? Last time I saw you just had protein bars. In <laughs> I mean, you'd think looking at me, but uh, no, it's yeah, I, I, it was the protein bar life for a while. And I, I kind of stocked up beforehand. And yeah, I, I've had a, I've had too many protein bars and every once in a while I'll have like a cheat meal or things like that. But uh, yeah, nothing special. And then, oh, you know what? I actually, when my brother was here, uh, Hattie B's is right around the corner for me. I could actually walk to Hattie B's if I want to. Uh, of course we didn't. Who can't leave the house? God forbid. But uh, yeah, I had uh, a. <laughs> we ordered some Hattie B's, and you're going to be disappointed in me. I know you are, but I had it Southern style 
which means zero, absolutely zero heat. I'm a big wimp is what I'm saying. I'm just happy you're eating it. Uh, for the longest time, you were just dogging on it. So if you're, if you're eating it, I'm fine with it. Yeah, well, I just don't I don't understand. I mean, we'll talk about the golf in a second. <laughs> but, uh, I just don't understand. Uh, you know, I don't understand the concept of I want to make my mouth on fire. I was I don't know how that's enjoyable. I don't get the whole the concept of hot sauce. And I, I'm aware that I'm in the minority in this. But sell me on hot sauce. Like, hey, do you want something that's going to burn your mouth? And everybody's like raises their hand. Like, I don't get it. That's all. No, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm with you. I like spice. I like spice, but uh, I'm usually mild or medium. Um, when it doesn't even taste like anything and it's just hot, then I, I kind of throw it out. But I do like some a little bit of spice in my life. And, you know, other quarantines been good, too. You know, I've been cooking a lot, been working out a lot. It's not too bad. Yeah, I have been working out. I have some dumbbells in the in the uh, you know in the living room or something like that, basically to kind of get by. But unfortunately, our gym is closed, and you pro- I th- I imagine you have like a backyard and grass, <laughs> things like that. I don't have that, so yeah. uh, you know, and or no gym, yeah, we, we unfortunately. But a, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and we actually live on a park, so our whole backyard's a big park, which is kind of nice. Other than the neighbor kids, right now they're they have a four wheeler. And they're just riding around my backyard with the four wheeler with the sled tied to the back. <laughs> they're just going really hard till ten o'clock every night. Is that age appropriate for like four and five year olds, or I, I don't know the rules? I mean, not for me. I don't know their parents, <laughs> but <laughs> it doesn't seem too safe. I don't know. All right, so you wrote an article. It's up there. It's available for premium. Don't want to give away the entire thing, but as far as what's going down in the Outlaw Golf Tournament. Outlaw Golf is going to be, uh, I believe it locks Tuesday around noon East time, give or, give or take within an hour or so. Um, so we kind of talked briefly about this off air, but uh, refresh my memory, refresh the, refresh the listeners' memory who have not heard uh, you talk about it just yet. Outlaw Golf, it's, it's like normal golf, <laughs> but the players aren't as good and the variance is much higher, kind of, sort of. Is that about right? That is about right. It is the mini or the minor, minor, minor leagues of the PGA Tour. You'd have to win quite a few of these just to uh, get up to the Corn Ferry Tour. And then from there, you'd have to, you know, play really well to get up to the PGA Tour. So uh, these are golfers that you aren't going to recognize, most likely, unless you've been grinding the Outlaw Tour. Uh, The tournament last week did have a few PGA Tour regulars in it, um, but not any big names. So anyway, yeah, yeah, it's highly variant, uh, just given the talent of these golfers. And then you add in the fact that it is showdown as well, uh, which is also highly variant. And golf in general has you know, got a lot of variance to it. So you definitely uh, can't expect to win every single day. Um, but we've done our best to you know, come up with some projections. Um, I've gone through every mini tour I can find in Arizona, uh, you know, copy and pasted all those leaderboards to come up with a stroke differential and a birdie or better percentage to help me make some projections. Uh, and then we have lineup HQ going. We don't have any uh, ownership projections. A lot of people have been asking about that. I've always been so bad at predicting ownership that I didn't haven't tried my hand on it yet. But um, maybe we'll get that in the next couple of weeks. But for the most part, I think uh, there's enough information in this article to be able to uh, be ahead of you know the rest of the industry. So for that reason, talking about how these guys are basically amateurs, and we talked about this before. You said it was nine hundred dollars to buy into this tournament. Like anybody, any job, you just say, hey, you know what? I feel like golfing. I'm going to spend the nine hundred bucks. Uh, sure, why not? And you know, the, the prize money is essentially the prize money for winning the DFS tournament. That, you know, just amazing and hilarious. And uh, you know, you got to dive into that as well. Uh, as far as a variant scale, like from basketball to baseball, where does this sort of fit in? Like I, I assume it's more like on the baseball side than the basketball side when it comes to variants? 
Yeah, definitely more on the baseball side. Even the PGA Tour is probably more on the baseball side than the basketball side, um, and especially for showdown. And then, you know, like we said, we you add in the talent of these golfers, and it's definitely highly variant. And uh, the fact that we're all kind of just going in blind, everyone just leans on Vegas. So um, the guys that are mispriced, you know, the guys that have good Vegas odds compared to their salaries are going to be incredibly highly owned. So if you can find one or two of them that you don't like for whatever reason, then uh, that's kind of a step to differentiate your lineups a little bit. Do you have anybody like that off the dome? Like maybe somebody that like uh, looks like Vegas is basically telling you that they're too cheap and maybe somebody else says that Vegas is telling you they're too expensive. Yeah. So I actually have an odds plus minus column uh, in the article that you can sort by if you want. So uh, the higher the number means, you know, the better it is in terms of a DraftKings value. So somebody like Sam Triplett, uh, 7,500, um, he's 46 to one to win the guys priced around him on DraftKings or you know, 70 to one, something like that. Pretty good birdie better rate. Um, he's played a ton of rounds on these mini tours, 56 rounds so far in the last year. Uh, he even played this tournament back in September, third place here. So I think he's going to be one of those very popular guys. Um, and then you have other guys if you want to sort the other direction. Um, you can go through and look through and, and find the other guys that are going to be lower owned due to their Vegas odds. What is the favor? Like, what's the odds? What, is there 81 golfers? Is that what it is? Like, what's the what's the favor? Like, 6-1, to 10-1? I, mean, I imagine there's not really somebody that's clearly separating from the field, but you tell me. Yeah, you According know, 6-1, uh, Dylan Wu. You know, last week we had 164 golfers in the field, I believe, and Joel Damon was a PGA Tour guy. Uh, he was 5-1. to one, So, <laughs> since he's not in the field this week, you know, uh, odds are spread out a little bit. There's three, four guys uh, under 10-1. to one. I will note that these uh, these markets are juiced up. There's like a 40% implied juice. So I probably wouldn't bet too much um, on these events. But, um, you know, DraftKings, luckily, we don't have to pay that big of a rake. Yeah, well, we stick around. <laughs> but it's been going up. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't get there for sure. Amongst the most expensive guys, who, who stands out for you the most? Yeah, so I think you can go with uh, any of the golfers above 10K. Uh, there's enough value in the $7,000 range this week that you can easily start your lineups with one of these guys. Dylan Wu is probably the most talented in the field. Uh, before you know the virus hit, You know he was one of the better golfers on the Corn Ferry Tour. So if you want to start with him, you can. 11-4 is a little bit expensive. Um, I kind of like KK Lumba Sout, who uh, has been playing every single week uh, on these mini tours. He's won, um, and he just seems to have really high floor, really high ceiling. Um, he's going to be popular, you know, he's eight to one and he's considerably cheaper than Wu and Galetti and he played here back in September. So I do like him, but he will be higher on than, uh, the guys priced around him. Your general lineup instruction, or as far as how you make lineups, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you make maybe like two or three lineups. Is that, is that basically how, uh, how you enter your contest essentially? I'm usually one lineup per sport per slate uh but when it comes to golf i'll do mme it's the one sport that i will mme just because i have time to do it and i don't have to you know create stacks and you know that could you just pick your you know exposure percentages run it lineup hq and let it go uh, when it comes to football baseball you know you obviously got to be worried about your stacking i was gonna say there's no correlation in golf but i think there you correct me if i'm wrong i feel like there's like weather correlation right so, yeah, you could do weather um, only. I mean, it's overplayed more often than not. You know, somebody will see a three mile per hour wind difference between the morning and the afternoon. And yeah. all of a sudden ownership just sways one direction to the other. And then, you know, the, the advantage never comes to fruition or sometimes it even swings the other way because, you know, weather is kind of crazy. So I typically try to avoid it unless it's uh, pretty drastic um, in terms of the weather split. But I actually haven't looked for this tournament. I'll have to do that after the show. 
Uh, I assume is Roth the deal mother on that? I know he's been doing it for golf in the past. I'm not sure if this at the Outlaw Tournament. <laughs> I don't know if Roth gets out of bed for the Outlaw Tournament. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I was hoping to win uh, that personalized weather forecast from that poker tournament. But uh, yeah, were you in that? Out. Were you in that tournament as well? Did you, anybody want a bounty on you? Uh, yeah, I don't know what they won. I can't remember. I think it was a DFS coaching lesson, but I never heard from anybody. So if you're out, yeah, there. <laughs> I. No, nobody wanted to turn in their uh, turn in mine as well too. I, I had two different ones, but one for me was uh, uh, I had to. We were going to watch Dirty Grandpa with me, okay, Chopper, yeah. and Big T, and that's like a punishment. Like, <laughs> and shockingly, this person did not redeem it. They said, "You know what? <laughs> I'm good." <laughs> so uh, that that was supposedly an award. Uh, that was going to be a prize, but uh, yeah. Chopper came up with it, and I don't know. You know what happened? But, I wanted uh, the forecast, and I wanted the man's coin. Yeah, yeah, I want to get one of those man's coins as well too. But uh, and apparently he's he's uh, pumping out more than supposedly he's in production. Like, and more more people than you think actually have one. I think he's supposedly limited to like a hundred or so. But there's more me, than that out there. Makes me feel even worse. Thanks. Pete. <laughs> I don't have one either. <laughs> I'll slide into the DMs. We'll see if we can make it work for you. All right. So uh, back to this tournament. Uh, how much can I leave over as far as salary? Because we talked about. Uh, the high variance of these players and you know you want to be different you want to be goofy sometimes too and you know embrace the variance when it comes to tournaments a 50k you know total salary on dk are you comfortable leaving a thousand fifteen hundred left over well the problem with this tournament is that everyone is pretty priced pretty closely to their vegas odds and it's a very weak field so you're going to get a lot of these 6k golfers that uh you know end up losing points just because they're going to play so bad in round one uh, so I would probably try to spend most of your cap. Um, I think when I'm going to run my MME, I'll put the min to 49 K and the max to 49, nine, just so I leave hundred on the table, try to differentiate a little bit. And then in my main lineup, I almost always use most of the salary cap. Are you kind of the same way when you build your cash game lineup? Uh, generally speaking, yeah. From a cash game perspective, like generally speaking, like you could almost always find a way to quote unquote upgrade, yeah. you know, obviously sometimes it kind of bites you and in tournaments, you know, when I, when I make tournament lineups, I like to just basically take my cash game core uh, and then just like flip two players, like something yeah. like that. And all of a sudden, you know, you do like a 2v2 and uh, it gets you, in, you know, instantly different all of a sudden, despite the fact that you have some chalky players. That's a whole other conversation, I suppose. But um, yeah, oh, so you, you do the same thing. Oh, good. I'm glad that there were, were there you go. You're a good person <laughs> to be lined up with that. Uh, as far as mid-tier, do you have anybody in the mid-tier that's kind of jumping out for you? Yeah, let me see who I wrote up. So uh, Peter Quest at 9,200, went to BYU. Uh, so my alma mater's uh, rival there. Um, it's hard to cheer for anyone that went to BYU, but this guy's a monster. Uh, he was the number one ranked college uh, golfer in the world um, before the season got canceled. So this was his senior year. Uh, his first pro tournament was last week at the Scottsdale Open. Ended up playing really well the first two rounds, kind of fell apart in the final round, but uh, he's a monster off the tee. Uh, he had one of the highest eagle rates of anyone in college uh, this season. And uh, I don't think a ton of people know about him just yet. Uh, the guys grinding these mini tours will probably know, but uh, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's got an outside chance to win this week. I don't think a ton of people know about any of these guys. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> well, I mean, we've had two months now, and you know how it okay. is. When a new sport's released, and especially if it's a sport that you already love, you just go, you dive in, you know. So now these guys are regulars to me. Um, and some of the other guys that you know I've been talking to around the industry. So it's kind, of, it's kind of funny how quickly you adapt. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned all the new sports. Have you been grinding LOL or Counter-Strike or anything like that? So I tried LOL and 
I mean, the contests were huge, so I obviously wanted to try it. And, you know, stacking, it seems like that's the best way to do it. Just do four from one, three from the other. But then, like, some of them are best of one series, and 10 minutes in, I'm, it's over. And I'm like, wait, it's over? I lost it. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, I do like the Counter-Strike just because you can sweat it a little bit. Um, you can watch it or, you know, just do – they have the play-by-play kind of like they do for the other sports on their HLTV or whatever. So I've been doing that a little bit. I like I kind of like Counter-Strike. I hear people raving about the announcers for uh, – is it LOL? Yeah. Apparently, the announcers are great yeah. I, on Twitch. I, I haven't watched much of it. I've seen, like, a few minutes of it, but – I'm told they're very good. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've just seen the highlights uh, on Twitter that people posted. But yeah, I would love to have that kind of those kind of announcers for golf or something. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did they get it corrected as far as golf? And again, I don't play golf, full disclosure. I mean, I'll dabble every once in a while when I want to take it or things like that. Or if it's a big tournament, I'll have some fun with it. And just basically take your content and cards and the expert survey and things like that. Um, but it, did they correct the – apparently people were upset with a shot tracker. Uh, is, that, is that going to be a thing it's uh, going forward it's going to be corrected you know what i'm talking about as far as like you don't really know where you are in the standings or there was an updated scoring um, is that am i just making this up but i read the i'm probably just <laughs> was it for <laughs> the tour or was it for something else last week apparently i think db was talking about it several people on twitter were talking oh, about how like uh the scoring yeah so last week technically wasn't an outlaw tour event and they've been working really hard um, you know, they had like 100 followers on their Twitter before this all started. And, you know, now they're doing periscopes. They're going around. They got three guys on cameras and golf carts following everyone, giving us wow. live updates. They completely revamped their scoring. So they have people following each group, uh, relaying the information somewhere, and then they're updating on the site. So they've been doing hole-by-hole hole scoring, but the tournament last week only had scoring after each nine holes. So basically you had to wait two hours before any update for every player. But this week we'll have hole-by-hole hole scoring back. I'm not sure if you played KBO, the Korean baseball on Fandle, but like they don't update your scores until the end. It's it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's a weird sweat, man. <laughs> just... Yeah, it, it definitely not as fun if you can't sweat uh, whatever you're playing. But I have yet to try KBO. I think I'm set to do the expert survey today, so I need to learn quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a little content as well, too. And, you know, the, the weird thing is, that why am I up like watching KBO and uh, not just like sleeping when it comes to the Fandle? But, you know, my schedule can get a wonky. Uh, from time to time but uh yeah so and you, it's what's that do you have to set your alarm to check lineups how early are they posted that's yeah that's the tricky part a couple of things well there's been some rainouts that have essentially they rained out games like a minute or two minutes before lock like literally oh, uh, that's happened several times already where just like the rainouts <laughs> come out of nowhere well not come out of nowhere but like they they don't do a very good job of a yeah they can't they make it very suspenseful like it's an action movie or something like that they basically <laughs> cut it down to the wire uh and the other part of it is lineups are released like an hour beforehand, like universally, you don't have okay. a lot of time, essentially. Yeah. So, so are um, you up that late or are you setting your alarm every night? It depends. Uh, and sometimes like it, my, my schedule is now changing because I'm doing, I'm hosting the morning grind temporarily for Stevie. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're recording this at like, you know, uh, what is it? 10 o'clock in the morning, my time. So it's even earlier for you, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely, there's no way I'm staying up till three thirty, So <laughs> I would definitely have to set my alarm. Yeah, I am curious, like, who the people stay up until 5 o'clock or they wake up for 5 o'clock. And I'm, I'm curious who does what. Um, I think I'm pretty sure Jamino is going to bed early and waking up, like, at 4 o'clock and, like, figuring st- whatever the time is, like, figuring stuff out, you know, as far yeah. as the news then. But uh, Jamino, shout out to Jamino. He's working very hard. He's on all these, uh, all these uh, sports that are kind of sort of coming out of nowhere. So He's a true grinder. Props to Jamino for everything. Yeah, he's one of the unsung heroes here at Roto Grinders. Give me a give give me your favorite cheapie as far as this. And of course, again, if you guys want to learn all of Dodo's thoughts, 
uh, if you guys are premium members, check out the uh, the article you've written. It's pretty thorough. There's graphs. There's numbers. There's all sorts of good stuff there to dig into. But uh, give me your favorite punt player too. And uh, if you want to make a bold proclamation, tell me who's winning this thing. All right, winning. I'm going to go back to Quest. We just talked about him from BYU. I think uh, he has a good shot this week. Uh, he can go low. There's four par fives, and again, he's really long off the tee. Um, but for the value play, uh, I was talking to you this about talking to you about this before the show. Noah Hoffman. Two weeks ago, he was signed up to play the Outlaw Tour event. He didn't know he was signed up. Um, apparently, his coach or manager or swing coach, whatever it was, uh, signed him up like five weeks ago when another tournament got canceled. And so he was in the DraftKings uh, you know, system, and he was one of the more popular players because he was like 30 to 1 to win. He looked like a pretty good value play. He was the number one uh, college golfer in NAIA, which is kind of like the Division II uh, for college. And all of a sudden, he shows up and didn't show up for his tee time. Everyone on Twitter went after him saying, where are you? And he's like, what are you talking about? I just woke up. I'm, well, I'm not supposed to play golf for three weeks. <laughs> so then an hour later, you know, the outlaw tour said, you know, he paid and this and that. And then he was going after the outlaw tour. And then he sent a picture of him in golf clothes saying he's ready to go. So that got all the DFS guys hopes up. They thought they were going to let him out there on the course. And <laughs> this is wild times. Uh, but anyway, he's in Do the you have to first. make your tea time. I assume you can't just like show up whenever, right? Is that the idea? Is that why? I mean, in most events, yes. I, I honestly <laughs> thought they were going to let him play. Everyone else was already done when he sent the picture out. I thought he was just going to go out there by himself. But um, it's pretty funny. He was on the Fantasy Golf Podcast uh, with two of the other industry guys this week. So he is going to be out there. I can confirm that uh, this week. And 7800 is a good price point. Hopefully there are enough people that were burned by him before that uh, they won't go back to the well. Yeah, that's narrative street for you too. And I, I just want to fire up this guy's Twitter and like read his mentions. I'm just curious, like how angry people were. <laughs> Get out of bed, dude. Yeah. You're supposed to be golfing. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. This is what you get with the outlaw golf tour, I imagine. This doesn't happen in the PGA tour. No, 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 no. And, you know, these guys, they probably don't know a whole lot about DraftKings and all that. But um, the best thing you can do is embrace the DFS crowd because if you don't, you're going to have a. A lot of angry tweets coming your way. If you embrace them, you know, people are a lot more forgiving. Yeah, who's the guy? God, I, I don't think he's that great of a golfer. Maybe he's perfectly fine. I think he was sort of like a cheapie, but there was one guy that even I uh, I started following because, like, you know, I, I, I'm always uh, appreciative of the guys that embrace DFS and understand that also it's great for marketing, too. Who who, who the great DFS golf uh, follows? Because I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, man. You know, I've been grinding these mini tours. I can't even remember. Um, but Willie Wilcox was kind of the first guy. He doesn't really play on the PJ Tour anymore. He didn't really make it. But he uh, he was like the first guy that wanted to be sponsored by DraftKings and would interact with everyone. He would go uh, every stop he made um, at the airport. He would go and say, I'll, I'll be here for an hour if anyone wants to come have a beer with me. And you know, he really embraced everybody. He had a huge fan. And then he made a hole in one at the Players' Championship. That was uh, That was really cool. But unfortunately, he's no longer on the PGA Tour. That is the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely appreciate that kind of attitude. Um, anything else you want to say as far as this tournament? Or uh, I did want to talk about it. I think you're a perfect guest to have on, for better or for worse. But uh, you're here in Utah. You're a jazz fan. We just watched the Jordan documentary, uh, the 10-part series. Of course, last night they focused on the, uh, the series against Utah. Uh, I'm curious to get your takes on that. But if you have anything else to say as far as this tournament, and maybe if you had some thoughts. I know it's early. Uh, it's going down later on this weekend as far as Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Uh, the odds currently, Tiger and Manning are minus 225, according to the DK Sportsbook. You can get plus 180 on Brady and, and Mickelson. Uh, thoughts as far as uh, – any closing thoughts as far as the outlaw contest 
And if you have anything to say regarding uh, early thoughts as far as Woods versus Mickelson and the, the football players. Yeah, so for the Outlaw Tour, if you have any questions, uh, leave them in the article and I'll get to them or hit me up on uh, Discord. I'm always in there answering any questions that you have. Also, lean on projections, use lineup HQ. Um, as far as the uh, Brady-Manning match, I think it'll be fun. Um, I think minus 225 is a terrible number to bet. If I had to pick a winner, I would obviously side with Tiger. Um, this is different than most uh, events like this because it's an uh, alternating shot. So Phil Mickelson hits some crazy drives. I don't know if Tom Brady is going to be able to play out of the trees like Phil does. So I would definitely give the edge to Tiger. Um, but maybe you wait, and if you're going to bet on it, wait until they lose a couple holes and you get a better line. Um, something like that. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be fun to watch. It's for charity, so I don't know how motivated these guys are going to be. You know, when they played the skins match a couple years ago, Phil loves money. You know, if you put money on the line, <laughs> he steps up his game for real. Um, and he beat Tiger in that uh, skins match in Vegas that was pretty terrible to watch. But um, – Anyway, I, I don't know. We saw they're Rick betting money on the side, right? They're, these guys are definitely betting money, like secretly against each other. I would imagine. You would think so you would think so. And Tiger's uh, played this course a bunch. I don't think Phil's ever played here before. And Tiger's, oh. got, you know, the narrative of not losing to Phil twice in a row in these uh, these little side matches. Um, but we did see Rory and DJ beat Fowler and Wolf yesterday, I believe, on Sunday. Um, they had a similar match. I would have taken the underdog just because. You know, these things are pretty much a coin flip anyway. But um, if I would bet on it, I would probably just wait until you can get a better line on on Tiger and Manning. We talk about the competitive nature of Mickelson, of Brady, of Manning and Woods, but uh, that's a good segue into the Jordan documentary. Uh, your general overall thoughts. I know it's a lot to take in, and I imagine you watched all 10 parts, which is fabulous. And I knew it was going to be excellent. Like ESPN 30 with 30 does an incredible job. They're pretty much all their 30 with 30s are good in different degrees of good. Um, but who's more competitive than Jordan? Like we knew he was competitive, but some of the things that he does is just, uh, uh, it's, it's wild. Your overall thoughts, your, your, your big takeaways as far as the Jordan documentary. Oh man. The whole series was just wonderful. I mean, I, I'm so mad that it's over. Uh, I think watching the last two episodes, I kind of knew, you know, we knew it was ending, so I didn't like them quite as much as the first eight <laughs> for whatever reason, as, as strange as that sounds, maybe it has something to do with my jazz being in there. <laughs> um, but I thought it was I thought it was awesome, um, you know, just seeing, you know, back in the 90s with no cell phones, no social media um, and how big a superstars these guys were. And then Jordan, like you mentioned, the competitiveness, whether he was playing cards on the golf course, uh, whatever. And he uh, he holds grudges to this day I mean, when they gave him the thing uh, before Isaiah Thomas said his thing about shaking the hand. And he's like, I don't care what Isaiah has to say. He's still an asshole. <laughs> So I mean, uh, you watch the ESPN version, right? Great job. Thank you, ESPN, for letting the uh, the F-bombs fly and things like that. They had two different oh, yeah. broadcasts, like one with the, the cursing, one without the cursing. But I just felt like it helped, you know, and it's cool to just to see these guys, like, and they just feel comfortable, right? So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah so you have good. watched the ESPN version, I assume. Yeah, I didn't know there was another version. I, I just did the one that said contains mature language. Could definitely got to click on that one. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of funny. I didn't really appreciate his greatness while he was playing because – you know, the Jazz were – that's the only time they went to the finals were 97 and 98. And then my favorite player growing up was Reggie Miller. So uh, I just uh. got I just got bludgeoned by MJ <laughs> for two years. <laughs> uh, and then he retired the second time, and, you know, they started coming out with um, – it was another documentary back then. I think it was on IMAX or something like that. And, uh, you know, I, w- I would watch that every time I had, like, a middle school basketball game. I'd watch that to pump myself up. I always loved Space Jam. I always loved his shoes. Uh, still wear the Jordan brand anywhere, anytime I can. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought the whole thing was pretty great. 
Yeah, I'm getting a flashback to like years ago. We, we did a, a Grinders live show or something like that. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, was your backdrop not like a Michael Jordan picture of some sort? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, probably, probably half the things I own are probably Jordan brand. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, you got bludgeoned last night because Reggie Miller, he pushed off, right? You can confirm he pushed off he, despite the fact that that was your guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time I probably didn't think he did, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. They got Reggie and uh, even they even got Stockton, you know, at the start of this, he posted on Twitter that he's not going to watch a Jordan fluff piece. And then uh, he was in it the whole time. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, it's interesting you say fluff piece because like uh, one of my thoughts on it is that it, it's, you can't completely ignore the fact that Jordan's production company was involved in the making of this. Uh, and they, you know, they probably were a little kinder in certain areas and they could have been and whatever, whatever. And it was nice to see him at least be vulnerable and like admit like maybe when he was being a jerk on certain things as well, too. And uh, the scene where he was talking about basically his competitiveness and essentially how he would be a jerk to some of his teammates for the greater good, at least in his mind, like all he was all about the end game and all about winning and how much he prioritized that. And it was almost worth it to like be a jerk to his teammates. And then he he said, uh, what, cut? Or he said, break, right? That was a break. Yeah. And he started breaking down a little bit. And that was just, it was just cool to kind of see, uh, you know, that side of him. Um, and he talked about punching Steve Kerr. He's like, like, he's the littlest guy in the team. And I felt this big. And uh, great job on Kerr last night, by the way. I mean, if you didn't like Kerr, last, you know, going in the last night, you should like him now. Seems like a really, really good dude. Uh, and his yeah. speech, did you like his speech? When he, uh, <laughs> he was yeah, taking I mean, it, it was all great. And like you mentioned, I, they did, uh, you know, change the history a little bit when it came to his gambling and, you know, some of the other things, uh, you know, shine some different light on it than probably what really happened. But um, there's a lot of stuff in there that I wasn't expecting. Uh, you know, even before it came out, Jordan was saying people are going to hate me and uh, think I was the worst teammate ever. But um, I like this line about, I'll never ask any of my teammates to do something I wouldn't do myself. Uh, and then he's doing the, the up and downs. Uh, what are those called? Ladders, whatever it was, but uh, you know, when he tears up at the end, yeah, it was so good. And, one of the things that uh, I couldn't believe, I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, just totally throwing Jerry Krause under the bus. <laughs> I mean, he could have fired him the whole time if he really wanted to, right? Yeah, but he I, he might have been like a shield, I think, because I think that they, they didn't like either Jerry's. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I think they did. They just like Krause more. Yeah, uh, he's a great dancer, though. You can't take that away from Jerry oh, Krause. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that's my favorite gif. There were so many gifs from that show. The his bodyguard with the quarters doing oh, that. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, the hair, everything about that makes that so perfect. Like him beating Jordan on one, on one throw. Uh, yeah. And Jordan will just gamble on anything, which is great, too. Like there was a story that wasn't in there, but talking about like he would gamble about whose luggage comes out first, uh, yeah. you know, when they're getting off the plane. And the story goes that he would pay off the person putting the luggage on there. So he would rig it. <laughs> and like, you know, he doesn't need the money. He just wants to win. You know, <laughs> that, that's his competitive nature. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't imagine being that competitive. I just want everyone to get along and have fun, and but uh, gotta respect it. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's what made him who he was. Yeah. So uh, it's it, you're. you're I want to see like you, it's over. We're, we're depressed. It's over. We, we knows what, uh, ESPN does have three thirty for thirties coming up. Uh, Lance Armstrong, uh, Bruce Lee, and the Sosa McGuire. Which those should be, I mean, I watch anything thirty for thirty. I'm sure they'll be great. But um, I <laughs> I want to see like a Netflix show of just Michael Jordan watching an iPad. Like, I just, that's all I want to say. I just want to see Jordan watching an iPad. Can I watch that? I mean, can we make this happen? Oh, so good. Uh, he has the best reactions to everything. Uh, and each one's a better GIF than the last one, or GIF. Do you say GIF or GIF? I mean, the story is allegedly the guy who created it wants it to be GIF. So I, we're yeah. supposed to honor the guy, but of course it looks like GIF. But, I mean, I don't get upset either way. 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> Some things tilt me in life. That one. People are very passionate about that one. I don't really yeah. care. Like it's fine. I don't. However you want to say it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm indifferent to it. Uh, so I, I, I had a couple other thoughts here. Uh, but well, what Jordan is given, like you said, that a meme and, and, and the gift community uh, is like Jordan is the you know <laughs> he's like the best gift guy going forward. He's in the Hall of Fame for both basketball and gift too. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to use those. It's just so awesome. And him watching Gary Payton talk about how oh, Gary man. Payton locked him down. <laughs> he just lost it. Starts cracking up. Uh, I did have this question. I, I don't want to, I'm not here to start conspiracies, but uh, so, okay. First of all, you live in Utah. Can, mm-hmm. can you get a pizza at like 10 o'clock at night if you're hungry? Is, is it that hard? It is that hard. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not as much now, but I mean, I, I've, there've been plenty of drunken nights where I've been trying to get pizza at midnight and uh, have had a really hard time. So I do uh, understand that side of it. The fact that, I don't know, I, I don't think it was, what, how do you feel about this uh, flu game? Well, I mean, it, I never thought it was a flu game. And like, it, we've, we've heard about the whole idea of food poisoning potentially too. And there's other people saying it was just Jordan like being drunk. Uh, and it's just kind of a cover up story, but this doesn't make sense. This doesn't add up for me. You help me out. Um, first of all, you're Michael Jordan. I'm assuming you're not calling up this pizza place and saying, I want a pizza. My name is Michael Jordan. You have one of your guys. He's got his security guys around him. He's got his trainer around him. And one of them calls up and says, yeah, let me get a pizza. Right. And then, one person comes and delivers a pizza to your house or delivers a pizza to your apartment or your hotel. So I don't know what they said to these people. And they, they, apparently they call plenty of pizza places, but uh, the story goes that five pizza delivery guys show yeah. up. <laughs> Look, why would five pizza delivery guys show up? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, unless you say, yeah, uh, I know you're closing in a half hour, but I'm Michael Jordan and I'm hungry. And I demand a pizza and I'll pay you an extra hundred dollars or something like that. I don't know. The, the yeah. whole story doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. Explain that doesn't this. make sense. And if they didn't know it was MJ and then they found out when they got there, what are they doing? Putting eye drops on a pizza or how, how are they getting the food poisoning to them? And then the other thing, if somebody orders a pizza, more than one person is going to have a slice. I've never seen just one person. <laughs> if there's an open pizza box, somebody else is taking a bite of that. How greedy is he wants the entire pizza? Like one of his boys is probably hanging around like, yeah, I'll take a slice. Nobody turns yeah. down a slice of pizza. Yeah. Even if you had dinner, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. I'll have a slice. Yeah. Why not? What's a slice? Yeah, that's the most unbelievable part to me. Somebody else had to eat that pizza if it was true. Yeah. Even, even if he was hungover, still impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm not, I mean, he went to, like, isn't there like Atlantic City games? There's Vegas games, too. And that kind of bleeds in the whole Rodman thing. And, again, all this is pre, um, you know, it's pre, you know, everybody has a cell phone. It's yeah. pre-Facebook. It's pre-Twitter. It's pre-social media. It's pre-first take. It's pre-all this stuff where, like, it's everything – any little thing you do is microscoped and like <laughs> Dennis Rodman's going away to play with the NWO and <laughs> Carmen Electra in between games. And it's, it worked out great. And like, uh, you know, you just, you can't coach every guy the same, right? Like he's just a different kind of dude. You know, a story that I didn't believe also is when MJ went to get Rodman in his room in Vegas and Carmen Electra is saying, Oh yeah, I was in the bed next to him, but you can tell she probably wasn't in, I don't know. It seemed like somebody else was in that bed with him. She said she ran away, like she hid because she didn't want it. She didn't want, like, yeah, she didn't want insane. Jordan to see her in that state or something like that. You're suggesting believe, it wasn't Carmen. I don't believe it. <laughs> you're saying Dennis Rodman wasn't a faithful man? Is that what you're saying? Well, she might have been there too. <laughs> in addition to, yeah. Rodman's a character, man. One of the better characters ever. And you know, growing up, you just hear the bad stuff, but you know, he's a he's just an interesting dude all around. 
He's yeah, he is a very, he had a recent 30 for 30 as well too. I'm not sure if you caught that, but that was uh, definitely for sure uh, worth watching. I was digging through like just all sorts of things like from watching this, like Scotty Pippen's salary by year is just wild. Uh, like basically the Portland Trailblazers ending up, you know, giving him like 65, 70 million dollars, like four years. I think maybe one of those years was the Rockets or something like that. But like the, the Bulls barely paid him, like yeah. barely in context, you know, seven years, twelve million. But I mean, at the same time, look, they got a great deal on him. He wanted long term security. You can't really back out of it. I mean, I get that it's frustrating. The NBA kind of blew up after he signed that contract, and then everyone else was making more money than him. But that's kind of on him a little bit. Um, and then. At the end of the day, he made more than Michael during his NBA career, which is kind of crazy. Well, Michael basically made all his money in two years. I mean, well, he made those money off the court, obviously. Uh, yeah. But, like, as far as his NBA money, like, he wasn't making a ton of money. Like, it was, like, less than $100 million in his career, I believe. He got, like, a million or so for each of those Washington years, which, I mean, obviously there's no reason to touch on that. Like, it's just focused on the Bulls. But I think it was just the 97 and 98 season where he was getting around 30 mil. But otherwise, he was, you know, again, everything's relative and, Obviously, we'd all love millions of dollars a year, but um, you know, you would think he he was an absolute steal. He was an absolute bargain. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And that's, that's the case. How it's always going to be in the NBA with the with the salary cap, and you know, whoever the best player is is always going to be hugely discounted compared to what they actually bring to the team and the organization. Yeah, that bleeds into a whole other conversation, but I think it'd be a fun idea. To, like, if if there was, you know, the NBA salary cap is I don't know two hundred million dollars. Just put a number on it. Like, how much would you give LeBron James if you can give him as much as you possibly can give him? Like, the point is, like, LeBron James and Steph Curry and, like, the top – Durant, they're the most underpaid guys in the league, if you really think about it. Yeah. I don't know. That's my thought on it. No, I agree with you 100%. Like, if it was an open market and he would get, you know, all of it, (laughs) and then they would just get a bunch of scrubs around him. Who do you want to see next? I mean, if there's a next, like, 30 for 30 or if there's next, like, a 10, you know, 10-part series – it doesn't have to be basketball, but is there anybody out there that you think would be a, a great subject? So I don't think this would be as entertaining. I'd always love to see Tiger Woods. You know, he wasn't probably as good of a – you know, he doesn't bring as many – I don't know what I'm trying to say. He's not uh, as active off the court, I guess. Uh, well, there, you know, <laughs> depends maybe, on you define I active. I don't think if he's in charge of it, they're going to talk much about that. Um, <laughs> But, but, I mean, like, I'd love to see Tiger. Um, I've seen a couple of Mike Tyson. I'd like to see any, – any more Tyson would be great. Um, you know, Ken Griffey would be cool. Uh, the home run chasing would be cool. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the home run chasing, we're going to have that in a, a month or so with Sosa and McGuire. And uh, it's funny. It's The whole Griffey thing is so cool. Like, he played – him and his father played Major League Baseball yeah. together in the same – you know, and they, they I think they believe uh, they both did a home run in the same inning, which is just – how cool is that? What an yeah. awesome story. Like nobody else can tell that story uh, for the Reds. Yeah. yeah. So much of, uh, you know, who you think's the greatest is, you know, based on nostalgia and what you grew up with. So for me, it's always Kate or Griffey and Jordan and Tiger, you know. Griffey's got the prettiest swing, man. Yeah. It's the lefties, right? The lefties are the prettier swings. Yeah. Except golf. It looks different in golf. I don't know. Nicholson doesn't have a nice swing. I don't know. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> i mean it's it's fine it's better than mine for sure yeah well sure <laughs> it's better than all these guys in the uh, the outlaw tour i would imagine sure why not uh with that noto uh, i had a great time at a blast hopefully people uh, learn something as far as the outlaw uh and again l- let them know about your article and of course i mean i, I imagine they're aware of you they're following you on twitter machine but tell them where they can find you 
Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm at RG underscore Notorious. I'll have my article there. It'll be up on the homepage on Roto-Grinders. Um, if you're looking to uh, find the lineup HQ for the Outlaw Tour, you can either find it uh, the link to it in my article, or you can click on the lineup HQ and then just sort by the sport at the very top. Uh, yeah, trust the projections. Have some fun with it. I uh, had a lot of fun with you, especially talking about the MJ doc. Uh, I loved it so much. Didn't want it to end. Uh, my jazz, man. My poor jazz. Yeah, I didn't, no spoilers. I didn't want to know. <laughs> no matter how, yeah, it's uh, maybe next time, I suppose. But, uh, you know, it, I mean, there's a lot more to talk about as far as the whole Jordan thing, but I guess we'll save that for another day because everybody, want, like you said, everybody wanted to make a, you kind of imply like the whole Jordan versus LeBron thing. Of course, it sparks that whole thing. And, I mean, like Jordan just had like a 10 part nostalgia, you know, yeah. and I call it nostalgia porn. And it's like basically, I don't want to say propaganda, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to like, you can't watch that and say, well, that guy wasn't any good. Like, of course, he, yeah. he was amazing. And it looked, he, it showed how amazing he actually was. But like you said, as far as, you know, Tiger wouldn't necessarily focus too much on his off the field stuff. I thought it was interesting that like, you know, Jordan's ex-wife didn't make an appearance. I mean, I, would, I understand why. Yeah. <laughs> Like there's some people I thought like, well, why weren't they in this? And uh, there were some people that. <laughs> I didn't even think was, about that. Yeah. It's like she, she was a big part of his life at some point. And, but uh, I understand why that, that didn't happen, of course. And then that probably would have been a deal breaker for Jordan. But with that, Noto, I had a blast. I'm sure we'll uh, talk soon enough as far as what the, there's a million dollar golf tournament uh, within a, in a few weeks, I believe. Right. A few weeks. I think it starts June 11th uh, at Colonial. So that'll be fun. There you go. Uh, pop it out. These million dollar contests at DK. Of course, uh, us DFS players, we are thirsty for content. We're, we're thirsty for contents. Uh, I know there's a, a you know big, big, uh, big contest just went down as far as MMA. I presume that's the way it's going to be going down going forward. We got the Bundesliga that went down this weekend as well, too. So some sports are opening up. Uh, stay tuned again to rotorunners.com for all your DFS content. He is Noto. I much appreciate you joining me. I'm Dean. Thanks for listening to the Morning Grind. We're out of here. Holler. Mm-hmm.